Okay, you can go. Okay. What's going on, everybody? How's it going out there in podcast land? We are back. That is right. We are back for another episode of questions like this. Hopefully, everyone had a really great Easter and Passover, and we are back. And the question we're asking this week is, where do movies and TV shows basically go to die if they're trash? And the answer we seem to keep coming back to is Netflix. Netflix, as innovative as it actually is, and I applaud it for its longevity, Netflix seems to be producing a literal shit ton of movies and TV shows. Yeah, it's the it's the Suncoast videos of <laughs> the internet era, I guess. <laughs> wow, there's a reference. Yeah. Um, man, do you remember, like, going in the malls and, like, seeing, like, oh, Suncoast videos, and then as soon as you walked in, like, you realized you made a mistake? Oh, of course. <laughs> of course, absolutely. There was always that one guy behind the bar, behind, not the bar, the behind the counter, who, the moment you walked in, he's like, his face would eagerly turn towards yours. It's like, yeah. okay, nice seeing you. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, uh, Netflix. Uh, I think at this point it accounts for pretty much one-third of all internet traffic on weekends. I remember seeing that statistic somewhere. And, yeah, it is the most ubiquitous um, streaming service. Uh, th- of course, there's other ones like Hulu, um, whatever else is in the pipeline from all these like different networks who stream who are seeing like streaming cash in their eyes. But mm-hmm. <laughs> like m- like most things, um, Netflix began as a mail order company and um, they, they basically, mm-hmm. uh, you know, started out renting DVDs by mail. Yep. And, uh, and eventually uh, they expanded into streaming media and they've been trying to kill their DVD slash Blu-ray rental service. But I guess there's enough people paying $20 a month to get discs by mail. So if you're yeah. one of those people. I'm I, I, what's wrong with you. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I completely understand. We understand, you know, if you you want to find a movie that's not necessarily on Netflix and you don't have, you know, Hulu or HBO Go and you're a very uh, you're a person with a lot of uh, scruples, a very scrupulous person. You don't want to go to like a big torrent site. I understand why you want to get it through the mail. But after a certain while, after a certain while, you have to ask yourself, yeah, like you said, why? <laughs> Just yeah. why? Because it's going to get to the point eventually where the three titans of streaming, Netflix, Hulu, and HBO Go, will have every single movie that's ever been created. So there will be a time where you can find exactly what you're looking for. However, it seems that what Netflix is trying to do nowadays is to just unload all their shit on us and by shit i i'm starting off with every single movie produced by adam sandler's company starring him and a very often his friends yeah <laughs> his hangers on his hangers on basically owe their careers yeah to him you can call it the new you can call call it the new rat pack if you will or as i like to call it the shit pack yeah, the the new Rat Pack is much too nice of an epithet, I believe. Oh, it's way way too nice. <laughs> way too. Nice. It yeah. means you actually means you actually like and respect their work. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's a little bit. I'm generalizing right here. I mean, of course, you know, Adam Sandler and his friends have done good work over the years. It's just that they haven't really released a good film in over twenty years. Yeah. And we we talk about like the things we liked about Adam Sandler in an earlier episode, so you can check that out. But um, yeah. and, and speaking of like finding things online, even uh, if if you're into you know like art house cinema, there's even a service for that now, Filmstruck, which That's is right. um, I think it's Criterion or one of those like bowtie fucking nerd ass <laughs> DVD companies. 
That's right. That, yeah, basically everything Kurosawa you can watch on Filmstruck. And yeah, I mean, it's I think it's pretty similar pricing to Netflix. So yeah, it is going to be at the point where, yes, if you subscribe to two or yeah, to two services, you'll probably be able to watch everything ever made. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I thought with, uh, with the criterion when you just need to have like a, a library card or something. Um, yeah, you could do that too, but, um, Filmstruck uh, gives you the convenience of putting the laptop on your chest as you refuse to leave oh. the bed for uh, <laughs> the seventh week in a row. Oh, no, not the seventh <laughs> week in a row. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, the sun is shining. Birds are chirping. There's a slight breeze in the air. It's a beautiful day outside, but you'd rather concern yourself with the uh, inner workings of Bergman and Kurosawa. Yeah, I gotta watch. I gotta watch another French New Wave film. I gotta watch <laughs> Lola for the fifteenth time. <laughs> I have to watch uh, the Four Hundred Blows uh, for the twenty seventh time, just yeah. to make sure I get the subtle nuances of the accent. Yeah, it's, I'm putting on Black Orpheus again. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, no! I, I can't go out. Uh, I can't go out uh, this week. I have to watch. Uh, Godard's uh, Fahrenheit 451 again. Oh yeah, yeah. Three Penny Opera's back in rotation, so I got I gotta watch that. <laughs> <laughs> oh and uh, oh yeah, please. You know, go, go on, have fun without me. I have to watch Dersuas Zala again. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I actually do like the Criterion Collection. I mean, obviously, I can't afford oh, all the DVDs and Blu-rays, but yeah, um, there's there's a time for art movies, and there's a time for Pacific Rim Uprising, uh, or Ready Player One, or Ready Player One. Um, sometimes you just need to turn your brain off and watch the pretty colors. Exactly. Uh, speaking of turn your brain off and watch the pretty colors, um, <laughs> it seems to me that like, I don't know if people out there have seen, um, Netflix's plan for 2018, but they've somehow managed to have $8 billion to burn. Um, and <clears throat> keep jacking up the price. Yeah. And yeah. So they will be producing 80 original films and 30 anime series for the year 2018. And, um, oh, okay. Um, in an earlier announcement, um, Netflix announced it had agreed to make a $500 million Canadian dollar uh, investment over the next five years in production of content in Canada. So our friends okay. uh, up north are... Also stuck in the shit, I suppose. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. And to give you, to put this idea in perspective for you, everyone. Um, when Metro Goldwyn Mayer first became a studio back in 1924, they were under the impression that they were going to create a film that was released every single week. So 52 films in all. And obviously Netflix has superseded that to the point where they're actually in the process of canceling most of their shows right now. Some of them have only been out for one season. Some of them have gotten really great ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. People love them, but Netflix is like, no, we got to make room for um, uh, some random uh, comedians, uh, 19th uh, comedy special. So uh, yeah, this show's uh, out of there. Yeah. Or, like another um, another weird like pseudo scientific documentary that they they also seem to make, right? And <laughs> <laughs> exactly because between Black Mirror and Altered Carbon and whatever the hell else is on there that depicts a dystopian future very similar to ours, it's like I'm I almost really can't tell them apart. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. 
<clears throat> it's um it is kind of like the way of the um the way that blockbusters now are more or less interchangeable um <laughs> you're going to be seeing that times well times 80 basically on Netflix yeah. and yeah. yeah it's it's an insane uh it's an insane timeline like how do you even manage to make 80 movies in a year and really like so, like okay you know they the netflix uh, made beasts of no nation which is quite good um uh-huh. and and some of their more lower key stuff like i'm the pretty thing that lives in the house um it's an mm-hmm. it's an oz perkins uh, horror movie um if you like the black coat's daughter then you'll probably like i'm the pretty thing that lives in the house um that one's that one's also all right and of course like a lot of their uh tv series uh are quite good but oh yeah but man you know between like the cloverfield paradox the outsider um and all of these things that um adam sandler's been doing it's just (laughs) be prepared to you you know wade through the shit before you find something worth watching yeah no i'm seriously i mean about there's a time about like six or seven years ago that a uh, college humor actually created a, a skit called a uh, shit flicks where <laughs> they basically predict they predicted the future and basically said like you know like here's all the things that you don't want on your netflix page that you're going to be forced to see anyways um for example you're, you can have like great shows great shows like Jessica Jones or Daredevil or Luke Cage. I know yeah. they're all Marvel shows, but still. And I mentioned Black Mirror earlier. That's freaking awesome. But mm-hmm. then you can also have stuff like they're doing another remake of Lost in Space that's coming out yeah. soon. And it begs the question of why. Or you can have like, I don't know. What, what the hell else is on there at this point? I mean... Well, there's Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Um, oh, God, yes. We'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll, we'll dedicate a whole episode to that and what's incredibly problematic with it. But here, I'm on the uh, I'm on the Netflix page right now, and the first thing I see is the movie uh, Game Over Man from the creators of Workaholics. And it looks, honestly, like shit. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> boy, um, yeah, they're really, uh, I guess, I guess Adam Devine is the only one doing reasonably well after the end of Workaholics. Yeah. I get, I, yeah, no, you're right. I've seen, uh, uh, Anders Holm and, uh, Blake Henderson and, uh, and a few other things. It seems like Anders Holm is always cast as like the, uh, the guy, the guy who's the husband of, guy's the husband of the main leading lady, but who evidently gets caught having a homosexual affair. Yeah, that, that's I, I think that is exactly what happened in the intern. That's exactly what happened in the intern. That's also exactly <laughs> what happened in the, the top five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like wait a minute, like, this has happened before. Like, are you playing the same character? Yeah. It's like after you left Rosario Dawson, you married <laughs> Anne Hath- you married Anne Hathaway and fell back into the same And fell trope. back into the... <laughs> you just can't quit, man. You just can't quit. <laughs> they just can't quit. Hey, the heart wants what the heart wants. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, speaking of, like, a- Anders Holm, like, um, I don't... Like, he, he, the other type he plays is just like office douche which (laughs) if you've seen the interview that's basically what he was in that movie yeah but they're kind of all office douches though yeah well you know like blake is the 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 stoner yeah he's the stoner uh adam devine is the party animal yeah and anders is just the the douche he he tries to be 
he tries to be the straight man. He said, like, you know, like, okay, okay, come on, guys, you know, we could get in a lot of trouble here. But then he just turns around the next second. It's like, ah, fuck it. Let's just do it. Yeah. He's the one that's, like, generally, like, he's, like, okay in the office. Like, you know, you say hi to him. Like, you walk past his desk. But but then, like, there's <laughs> something about him that, that screams, like, yeah, he probably has, like, a skin mask at home. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, come on. Yeah. So that's, uh, I guess that's a comedy then, Game Over Man. I'm assuming it is, because when have you ever seen these actors play anything, play against type? Yeah. Oh, that would be, <laughs> that'd be interesting to see. Well, maybe not. That'd be it. We'll see. Or let, let me just, let me just tell you something. See if you're at all interested at all. I'm just going to read you this premise. Um, it's a TV show. I think it's a TV show. No, it's a movie. Never mind. It's a movie starring Jared Leto as a white guy. Yeah, the who, outsider. Who infiltrates the Yakuza, <laughs> the outsider. Yeah. I mean, I saw that and I was like, there's no way in hell I'm watching this. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, okay, first off, Jared Leto, Stop taking yourself so damn seriously. Yeah. Yes, you won an Oscar, but you didn't deserve it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's also this um, other uh, this other sci-fi movie on uh, Netflix called uh, Mute. Um, oh, yeah, with uh, Paul Rudd. Yeah, with Paul Rudd, uh, Alexander Skarsgård, and Justin Theroux. Directed by uh, David Bowie's son, but... It's um, it's ass. Oh God! <laughs> I feel like he he hasn't been doing well since Moon, which was his first movie. Wait, who's this again? Tell du- me the name. Duncan Jones. Oh, Duncan Jones. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. He, he also directed that 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 tone deaf Warcraft movie. Oh my God! Oh my God! Uh, which I never saw. Um, nor do i that was also actually one of the movies that i considered walking out on but i just fell asleep (laughs) (laughs) i I guess that's yeah that's fine yeah uh well the warcraft movie like first of all world of warcraft it at its peak was probably like the mid-2000s yeah so they made a movie like 10 to 12 years too late yeah and also, like, do you, like who actually cares about the story? To like, this is not the story of World of Warcraft. Even this is the story of like the first Warcraft that came out in right. ninety four, which was a strategy game. And exactly, it's like, yeah. Does anyone care about this at this point? Like, uh, why not? Like, not. if if you're doing a Warcraft movie, why not like adapt something from like? I guess they're still making expansions because. I feel like Blizzard is the only thing keeping the city of Irvine running. <laughs> no, no. Um, they're down in El Segundo, Blizzard. They are? Yeah, they're down in El Segundo. Huh. Well, because, like, I always figured, like, because I, okay, so they don't advertise, but, like, they do have a building in Irvine, and I think they did start in Irvine. You might you might be right. I just, hmm. Is it Ir- because like Activision Blizzard is in uh, Santa Monica, right? Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. I used to work there. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that must be fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I had a good time over there. Yeah, but yeah, um, uh, going back to mute. Um, it's like, I mean. We we also got Blade Runner last year, uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. But like, imagine someone made Blade Runner, but even stupider. <laughs> is it even possible? I guess. It's, oh, I guess it, it, with, it is. It is quite possible right with mute. <laughs> it's like, hmm. Yes, Paul Rudd, known for acting. You're taking away his voice, so good job. Yeah. Um, 
Skarsgård is actually the one that's mute. Paul Rudd, he's like... Oh. Okay, Paul Rudd is a surgeon called Cactus Bill. Cactus Bill? Yeah. <laughs> like like Cactus Jack? Like the yeah. former wrestler? <laughs> one can only hope, but guess not. Oh, okay. Really? You can't think of a better name? Yeah. They couldn't, they couldn't come up with a better name? Hell, they probably had like five weeks to write the script anyways. Yeah, because everything has to come out like blam, 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 you know. <laughs> like blam, blam, blam. Exactly. Yeah. And speaking of using, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, no, instead of, but instead of using that time to actually put movies on Netflix that people actually want to see, they fill it with crap such as, hang on, they fill it with crap such as, well, I mean, Fastest there's Bright, car. obviously. <laughs> Fastest Car, The Joel McHale Show with Joel McHale, Troy, <laughs> Fall of a City, uh, Seth Rogen's Hilarity for Charity, and Ricky, Gervais, uh, and Ricky Gervais's Humanity, and James Acaster Repertoire. Who the fuck is James Acaster? Uh, also, like, Rich, Ricky Gervais, uh, like... I don't know what's going on with you, man, but uh, you need to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, if you watch his stand-up special on Netflix, it's like the most uncomfortable, like your old British uncle, like ranting at you. Um, <laughs> uh, and if you want to return to form for Ricky Gervais, they have all the episodes of the original British office on it as well. So. Yeah. If you don't like uh, Crazy Uncle Ricky, then go with uh, Crazy uh, David Brent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think That's Idiot strange. Abroad is also on Netflix, so you can see him fuck with Carl. Yeah. Wait, say that again? Oh. <laughs> Idiot Abroad. Oh, my That's God. That's a show right. like, where he fucks with Carl. Oh, I know. Pilkington. With him, with him <laughs> and uh, Eric Bana. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> no, Idiot like, Abroad. If- That's. Um, Oh, it's no, a, it's um, an older one. Like I think it came out. Oh, is maybe that the, is that the one with uh, Stephen Merchant? Maybe I just know like Carl Pilkington gets sent on like a bunch of different countries, and like Ricky Gervais fucks with him. Uh, okay. Like and it's like oh yeah, um, we signed you up for uh, matador classes in Spain, so enjoy. <laughs> Hey, can you think of a sentence more contrived than that? <laughs> it's like, yes, we signed you up for matador classes in Spain. You must go right away. Yeah. Well, this is happening in real life, so. No, but still, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we talked about Bright a little bit, right? But let's let's get into it. Talk about what? Bright. Oh, yeah. We did talk about Bright a little bit, yes. Yeah. This is, like, obviously the poster boy for incredibly bad things Netflix is doing. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought the poster boy was um, uh, the Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah. Um, I guess Bright was an earlier one, and then after the Super Bowl, the uh, Cloverfield Paradox dethroned that. Right. No, it was during the Super Bowl. Yeah. But they literally said, like, you know, like, hey, like, you know, we have this uh, new Cloverfield sequel that J.J. Abrams did. Uh, it's out on Netflix right now. Go watch it. Yeah. It's like, OK, thank you. But but where was the buildup? Where was the <laughs> hype? You know, this. This isn't the surprise I was looking for. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I, I've said this before, but. Who actually cares about Cloverfield? Probably J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Um, I guess 10 Cloverfield Lane was pretty uh, well-received. Well, that was more tongue-in-cheek, if anything. Yeah. As if they were, like... As if they were, like, making fun of the hype surrounding the original Cloverfield movie. Yeah. And I guess also it's because it's a it's a it's really just like a like a it's a very small cast and like it's more about 
like the character development between like evil John Goodman and Mary Elizabeth Winstead, but right. Uh, I guess John Badman that would be his character. Yeah. John Badman. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, it, it, his character's name is literally John Badman. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, I I forgot was it's probably like some generic name like Howard or David or also Steve, John probably. Steve. Jim, Frank, Bob, something that's so generic it's not yeah. even worth mentioning. Jim Bob. Jim Bob. <laughs> Good night, Jim Bob. <laughs> Good night, John Boy. Billy Bob. Billy Bob. Peggy Sue, Mary Sue, Betty Sue. What what is it with the South and like <laughs> the boy names end with Bob and the girl names end with Sue? I don't know. I I don't think that's the the case but i'll have <laughs> i i don't i don't think it's usually the case but according to hollywood if you're from the south you know your name is either jim bob or peggy sue yeah it's the classic um the john smith of the south yeah <laughs> <laughs> like a, a classic name this guy's a college football coach his name's uh, or i think he's an offensive coordinator in the NFL right now, his name's Jim Bob Cooter. Hell yeah. <laughs> Probably has a coonskin cap and he, I'm pretty he goes, sure he he goes mudding with the boys on the weekends. He goes mudding, he goes cow tipping, he does all this. <laughs> they, uh, they go skinny dipping in the local lake. But it's not crack. gay. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Cloverfield Paradox is another movie in the franchise that still exists, uh, Cloverfield. And just like 10 Cloverfield Lane, um, this was obviously not a Cloverfield movie, but they they just slapped uh, they just slapped another Cloverfield title on it. So, yeah. <laughs> And yeah, exactly. It was based on a spec script by Oren Uziel called God Particle. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, starring uh, Helmut Zemo himself, Daniel Bruhl. Yeah. You know, there's, I guess, uh, Gugu Mbata Raw, um, David Oyelowo, and Daniel Bruhl, like, they're, you know, they're pretty good but it's just why are you in this oh, movie yeah. exactly it's like <laughs> did you do this film in the because of a paycheck or i hope they got paid very well for this yeah um that's also what confuses me is that like netflix is technically a company that's under incredible debt and yet you know it continues to exist basically through uh people buying stock in it uh, injection of like the same like circle of venture capitalists in Silicon Valley, like oh yeah, we'll, we'll put another like billion into Netflix to keep it afloat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like how does anyone get paid? <laughs> Beats the hell out of me. I don't know, but all I know is that I think they just signed their production deals. I think they get all the money in advance. Yeah, um, they get all their money in advance instead of but. Uh, Kind of like a film by film ratio. Yeah, I guess. I think that's how it operates with their TV shows. So um, even stuff like um, I think Stranger Things was already like renewed to season three when when it before it even like came out. Right, and now I'm hearing rumors. I'm hearing rumors now that the creators of Stranger Things are being sued for plagiarism. I mean, it's basically the tv version of the goonies with like it elements slapped on top it's not the most original premise no but i think it's a way for a lot of uh adults to watch it and say hey remember the 80s yeah this is awesome and you can also do that with ready player one uh well i guess the film is less about the 80s than the book uh yeah no the the book definitely 
puts more of an emphasis on 1980s pop culture. Yeah. I mean, they reference like fucking Lady Hawk of all movies. So, <laughs> right. They reference <laughs> High reference Highlander of all things. I mean, Highlander one. That's you the know the first Highlander. Mm, I mean, moi. There can be there can be only there one. can be there can be only one. Are you doing the Connery voice or the yeah? <laughs> it's like it's like a thought, faith, and steel. In the end, there can be only one. Uh, uh, what's his name? Some Juan Sanchez Ramirez. Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. Yeah, that was partially who's, right. <laughs> who's he's played by a Scottish actor, and he's supposed to be of Egyptian origin, but he has a Spanish name. Hell yes. Um, and who also lived in Japan for some reason. Who also lived in Japan, and who's. Uh, <laughs> sword was made by his third wife's uh, father and his apprentice uh connor mcleod um is played by an a french actor who was born in the states mm. and he's supposed to be scottish and it's it honestly sounds kind of weird when you hear him do the accent now it's like the very very like very raspy voice it's like yeah like like, how do you kill such a savage? There can be only one. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, he got better as the movies went on, but you know what? You know what? I take it back. I'm sorry. I, I read this about him. You know, he was learning English uh, phonetically at the, at the time because he spoke no English. Yeah. Christopher Lambert he spoke no English at the time. So I'll give him, I'll give him some amount of credit, but... That does not sound like a Scottish accent at all. Well, I feel like he should have just given up and like done the Arnold, where it's clearly an Austrian man who was <laughs> born and raised in Los Angeles in any of these movies that he did. Right. <laughs> like, do it! Do it! Kill me now! Yeah, I grew it's up like- in Tarzana. <laughs> That's my hometown. No, you didn't. Yeah, he didn't govern it. You did not grow up in Tarzana. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in Newport Beach. <laughs> I grew up in Newport Beach. I used to attend all the fancy charity events all the time. I used la, la, to go la. boating in Newport Bay. It's like <laughs> No, you used to go to fucking to the fucking Alps and like lift trees over your head. That's what you did as a child. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah. you imagine i mean <laughs> although it is kind of sad like have you seen pictures of his children like none of them lift i know that's a waste what? of like a bloodline oh. man like come on patrick schwarzenegger you don't want to be like i mean i guess it's good that you're not roiding out like your dad was but like Really? Not even like Pilates? <laughs> come, come on, man! Give the give the kid a give the kid a break. You know he has a hard enough time being the the son of uh, the former governor of Cal- California. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <sighs> so yes, uh, back to Netflix. Um, When will it end is the question, or will it end? I don't know. Um, it's just, it, it seems like because Netflix is so ubiquitous, it's, it's available in pretty much every country except uh, I think North Korea and Syria are the only two countries it's not available in. And it's probably for good reasons why they're not in those countries. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's unstoppable at this point because it is, it is a streaming service that offers pretty much everything you want to watch and like things you don't want, but probably like, I guess I could watch this and like, yeah, it turns out to be okay or enjoyable. Uh, but yeah. Um, unless there's like, like, you know, 
five or six Cloverfield paradoxes in a row and they all turn out like shit and like like they face like 15 cancellations of TV shows at once then yeah I think it's just gonna go on forever they probably already did yeah. cancel 15 TV shows now that I think about it they did they did and they canceled one of my favorite shows they canceled the the get down yeah um I don't know why that is because uh, I, I mean, I only watched part one, but I enjoyed it. And it's like, yeah, it's probably, you know, worth continuing. Absolutely. Part two is even better, okay. I must say. But I I think I understand the reason why they did it is because it, it was a huge – it had a huge, huge budget. I think the entire uh, – like it costs like hundred and okay, how long, how big was the budget? It was pretty expensive. It's a, it's a Baz Luhrmann production. Yeah, well, so. yeah, Baz Luhrmann created it, so of course it's gonna be expensive. Hundred and twenty million. Jeez, <laughs> that's like Game of Thrones numbers. Yeah. Oh man. Jesus. But yeah, um, well, for the most part, like, I guess they're, uh, I guess, I guess like, you know, their, their drama series are doing reasonably well. Like, I guess people like Mindhunter, that's, uh, it's about, uh, what the fuck is that? Uh, it's FBI shit. Um, mm-hmm. there's, uh, there's The Crown. Um. Oh, The Crown. Yeah. Lovely. Um. Narcos. Narcos. Uh, although, you know, I I was wondering how they were <laughs> going to continue after season two. But I guess, you know, it's going to move forward. Uh, there's already season three and there's going to be season four and probably lots more at this point. Um, <laughs> but after the de- death of Pablo Escobar, where do you go? Right. Um, well, I figure... If they want to do it, um, they could also move the setting from Colombia to Mexico or other places where there's cartels and drug wars. Because there's a lot of fascinating uh, personalities, so to speak, when you're mm-hmm. talking about like uh, drug traffickers. Uh-huh. And actually, you know, Narcos brings me to, to a point where I think Netflix can succeed in and like do like a much better job at it it's like if they focus on bringing like these like unique international productions or like really strong content um that most americans would probably not see unless it was on netflix so Mm -hmm. if they bring more shows like narcos or if they bring movies like uh beast of no nation or um, a bunch of, uh, you know, co-productions with other countries, then that, that's probably much better than just, like, pairing up with, I don't know, Adam Sandler for, like, the, the sixth time, or giving Jared Leto another another nothing movie uh, to be in. Another, re- another reason to be, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but can you really count on Netflix to actually do that? I mean, what if they just go ahead and cancel every single one of the shows that they're putting out this year? Yeah. Um, well, I guess the other, the other thing is that, um, because of this push for pretty much 50% of their, uh, content has to be original they're really going to have to like pump as much, you know, movies and TV shows as possible. Um, Because otherwise the other option is for them to lose all the back catalog or the distribution rights for things that are on Netflix. And mm-hmm. I do feel like it's going to happen at some point because all of the networks and all the other competitors are thinking, hmm, people want to pay 
ten dollars a month for uh, on-demand streaming. Maybe we should get it on it. And it's baffling that you know, something like uh, what is it? CBS All Access exists. Yeah. What or the like, fuck is that? Does NBC have one, or are they just Hulu? Um. No, I think it's just Hulu. Yeah. Because like for like Hulu, I understand because it's like. It's a streaming service for dip for like a collection of networks and you get to watch shows like as soon as it comes out. So like pretty much same day as television. If you missed it, you can watch it. Like if you if you're still the type of person that doesn't know how to set up a DVR. Um, <laughs> but CBS yeah. all access like Why? It kind of feels like what happens when your grandparents try using Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you have to go and literally guide them through the entire process. Like, no, 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 grandma. No, no, no. You, 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 you do this. No, you don't write about this. You write about that. Oh, man. And, you know, uh, I guess... The new Star Trek uh, show is on CBS All Access. Oh, a Star Trek uh, Discovery? Discovery. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. All of the networks, uh, they're, they're really trying to sell all these like exclusive content that I'm not sure is any good in the first place. Or like, why don't you, why would you rather have this on TV? Right. Yeah. I don't know. Some, like someday they're going to have to choose between like actual content and, you know, just producing something for the sake of making money. But I wouldn't count on Hollywood or especially Netflix to be that, uh, that prescient. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we could also talk about Amazon uh, streaming <laughs> because. Um, oh, Amazon Prime! Yes, yeah, yeah. of course. Because the first uh, set to set to become the first uh, trillion dollar company that barely pays its employees. Yeah. Good for you, Jeff Bezos. Yeah, in the quest for Jeff Bezos to basically become. Well, I guess a bad guy from Ready Player One, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he gets, yeah, he gets to be, he basically is Sorrento in real life. He kind of is. And I feel like with, uh, with Jeff Bezos and with Amazon, they're under the philosophy of Mel Brooks in uh, Spaceballs, where he says, like, you know, like, who knows? God willing, we'll all meet again in Spaceballs 2, the search for more money. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um Yeah, Amazon So like I've never like I I haven't watched any of their shows, but I figure like the only one that's any good was Man in the High Castle. Yeah. That's the only one I really really knew. Oh, wait, didn't they also have a Transparent as well? Oh yeah. Um I guess people generally like that. Yeah, I mean, they kind of did until uh, Jeffrey Tambor turned out to be a a sexual predator and was booted off the show. Yeah, it's a, we call that a Kevin Space X. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, I think you may be the first one to actually come up with that term, so uh, uh, patent it and use it wisely. (laughs) Yeah. See, like, like, I guess there's already been a million op-eds about Kevin Spacey, but like, can like, can we like in his apology, like he says, like I am now living as a gay man. Like, how is that like an excuse or an apology for like it's fucking it's teenager? It's not. It's not. It's like, it's why do you even put that in the letter? <laughs> No, he's using it yeah. as a way to deflect attention from himself, as if as if he wants people to sympathize with him. Yeah, but it's, it's like, like gay no. people don't go around fucking children. Right. 
And the ones that do are also called pedophiles. It's not like, you know, there's a special exact thing for it. Like, damn. Exactly. <laughs> and you can call Kevin Spacey a pedophile now. Yeah. Uh, I was debating on whether or not to do an episode on the uh, all the all the shit that happened with like Weinstein, uh, I guess TJ Miller, Spacey, uh, Jeffrey Tambor, and like talk about all the fucking going on in Hollywood. But I feel like the, the people have done that already. So no, they have, and they've talked about him to death. Yeah, uh, there have been several. Uh, news stories related to that um their victims have written books about yeah the uh, the encounters and everything and but it's something that shouldn't go away it's something that we right. need to continue talking about because it's a problem and it's always been a problem in hollywood and there yeah. are people who who have been on the fence about it people like matt damon and ben affleck mm-hmm. who who are quick to defend uh, Harvey Weinstein in any chance they get because he's the one that essentially gave them a career. Yeah. And I guess speaking of uh, sex scandals, more or less, um, Aziz Ansari and Louis C.K. Well, well, Louis C.K., I've always got the impression that he was a major dirtbag, so I didn't really... I feel like if you if you were a fan of him and, like... Because, like, he talks about all of this shit in his stand-up, and, like, it's not... It's, well, I guess, you know, yeah, you probably shouldn't beat off in front of women, but it's like... Yeah. I, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's like, it, it is in character for Louis. <laughs> I know. It's, I it's, know, but he was basically... Fits. He was basically telling us... From his show, it's like, people, this is what I do. This is what I get off to. Literally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, like, obviously, you shouldn't be jacking off in front of women. And I feel like right. if we have to tell you that, like, maybe you're not a grown up. Yeah, maybe you're still. Uh... Maybe, like, you know, I guess I also don't want people with development, uh, developmental disabilities to, to throw them under the bus but it's like maybe you just like didn't learn that this is not you know how you're supposed to like just, like a normal person like jack off in the shower or in your bed right or, or while you're streaming like you know whatever we weird like cam site you're on right uh, and uh aziza sorry um, well, I guess his article was basically like cat person, but real life and cat person is a story about a bad date in the New Yorker that I guess people were really upset about or also, or also really love because I guess it, it spoke to people's experiences. Um, yeah. Cat person is, you know, it's, um, it's a fictional story and it's like nothing really bad happens. It's just like a shitty date and like start of a shitty like process of hooking up which i guess is basically every relationship that ever happens in new york now uh-huh. but the aziz ansari thing like i mean i get like that it's kind of you know scummy for him to like keep you know the date going but i mean it's a it's a bad date and yeah i feel like Aziz Ansari is not on the same level as, you know, Jeffrey Tambor, Kevin Spacey, or like Harvey Weinstein. And it's like, I guess it's not good to play like the oppression hierarchy where like, oh, you know, uh, this victim is more important than that. Because like everyone's experiences is different. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like, come on, like Aziz Ansari is harmless. Yeah. <laughs> On the grand scheme of things, he like he doesn't really it, have any power. Right. But yeah, but on the other but on the other hand, you know, like reading about reading about what happened, you know, it it kind of forces people to take a look at what actually uh what actually happens when you're on dates, whether it, whether if you 
whether if it's verbal or whether if it's physical or anything, it causes you to look back. I know that for me, really, it caused me to look back on like every single one of my, maybe not every single one of my encounters, but most of them. And <laughs> I kind of had to like play every different scenario in my head saying like, you know, like, did I, did I do everything okay? Is this, it actually kind of scared me a little bit. Well, I mean, we were both in Greek life, so like, absolutely not is the answer. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everything we did was not okay, basically, for for our college days. <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, if it does like start like you know people reexamining like you know slapping a girl's ass at a bar or like you know, coercing a woman to stay or even like, you know, like if, you know, like you're coerced, not, not even just like women specifically, but also like, uh, gay people, lesbians, or, um, even sometimes women who like, you know, try to force themselves on men. Cause like, it's, it's, it's not typical, but like sometimes happens, but, yeah, right. it's like you, if it causes people to re-examine their interactions and like, you know, just be less of like a piece of shit, then yeah, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Although obviously like um, him, like <laughs> reading it is like reading like. There's two ways you could take that, like Aziza and Sorry articles. Like one is just like it's, you know, obviously at face value, it's like a really bad experience, and you know, people should probably be more aware of their interactions. But at the same time, it does kind of sound like an episode of Master of None. It, it kind of does. <laughs> yeah. It kind of does. Yeah. So what is going to happen to Master of None? Has it been canceled? No, no, no. It's still... Uh, still going? I think it's still going. Okay. I think um, it's still going. Um, yeah, from what I when I see, it's still going. Okay. Um, hmm. Yeah. Well, okay. Looks to be that it's pending now, but... I think it's more than likely going to continue. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess we talked about it a little bit um, when we mentioned Lost in Space, but I guess the final thing we'll talk about, Netflix and movies in general, and like where pop culture is headed now is like we've we've... I think we've been pretty clear about our stance on remakes and it's like most of the time it's I like 90% of the time it's not it's unnecessary. Exactly. And like if you are going to remake something then you better be saying something worthwhile. Otherwise it's exactly. just You know like again like now there's Netflix and all these streaming services. You can watch the originals. There's no need for <laughs> the movies to come out again, you know? Exactly. So, and you, like, you have to know going into it, if you're making a remake of it, that you are going to get endlessly compared to the original. Yeah. And in most cases, you're, not, you're on an uneven footing because the stuff that you're usually trying to remake is remembered pretty fondly mm-hmm. so definitely you know if like so i guess like i didn't have a problem with like lady ghostbusters uh right it's i mean it's not awful but also like does this really need to be a movie <laughs> uh yeah but it's like yeah there's no need to remake this and uh or like make a sequel like 50 years too late or something like that yeah well you know there's uh there- i guess there's fuller house and uh wet hot american summer 
summer. Yeah, but at least with that, you know, they're I, I can't really speak for, for Fuller House. That's just I don't know. But with <laughs> Wet Hot American Summer, at least, you know, they're bringing something new to the table. They're bringing something like, you know, oh, let's do a little tongue-in-cheek thing of what, um, let's put everybody at the, the first day of camp, even though they all look like in their, they're in their 30s and 40s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man. No, but I, I get it. See, that's a, that's a, a, a television show done right. That's a remake or a prequel done right. That's bringing something new to the table, and people are going to be on board with it. Yeah. Um, something that's not right is the um, what was that? Uh, the movie that was the like the remake of the anime was it Death Wish? Death Note. No, Death Note. Death Note. Death Note. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I think as soon as news came out about like the changes they made, I think everyone who did watch the anime or read the manga like knew it was going to be a hot mess basically uh-huh um yeah so they they changed the setting from tokyo or to i think it was in seattle and all the characters are white yeah um and yeah i guess it's the same thing that happened in ghost in the shell where it was like it was translated into like it it was like basically run through a white filter and when uh-huh. it didn't really need like it didn't need to be you know yeah because like people have been watching the uh anime for a while and like uh in the case of both like death note and ghost in the shell like it's they're both huge franchises so mm-hmm. the, the i guess it's also a thing when uh hollywood tried to remake uh all these japanese horror movies and it's yeah for the most part you're like why does this exist oh you mean like like, uh like the ring and uh uh old boy and oh old boy's korean yeah uh well like asian uh films uh and remade into hollywood basically uh right. well you know there's like uh that movie about scary water in an apartment or like one missed call um oh yeah those movies already exist it it's called like <laughs> those movies already exist it's just in a foreign language exactly and people can talk about um you know they can praise hunger games all they like that movie already existed it was called battle royale yeah um Again, it's like, you know, uh, well, I have no idea if uh, Suzanne Collins ever read um, Battle Royale, but I mean, it seems pretty likely <laughs> it was it was yes. a hugely popular yes. book and it was translated like five times into English. Uh huh. So, yeah. Yes. Yes. Be- um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe she might have. Read the work of uh, Kushun Takami. Yeah, that and, was a trip, and, though. Like I, I, I watched Battle Royale. Uh, must have been when I was in high school, and I was like, "Man, this is so fucked up." Uh-huh. <laughs> it, yeah, it's like kids killing each other. Yeah, basically, kids on a remote island killing each other. Yeah, man, that's. Uh... Yeah, and the thing with like the Japanese version is that it's uh, really it, it's disturbing because like they're they're all children, like they all uh-huh. look like children and they all act like children. Huh. Yeah. Oh, here I got it. Um, although Hunger Games author Suzanne Collins maintains that she never had never heard of that book until her book was turned in. The New York Times reports that the parallels are striking enough that Collins's work has been savaged on the blogosphere as a bald-faced ripoff, and that there are enough possible sources for the plot line that the two authors might have well hit on the same basic setup independently. <laughs> oh man, it's like that. Uh, it's like that. Um... I don't know if it was a lady or a man who sued the Wachowskis. It's like alleging that um, 
they stole the plot of the Matrix. Well, I guess this is what's oh, yeah. happening to the Duffer brothers now, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, although I will have to say that, like, Stranger Things, um, I feel like anyone could have thought about that premise. While the concept of high school children in Battle Royale is more or less unique at the time. Right. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess that's pretty much it for, um, Mm -hmm. all of the, the glut of bad movies on Netflix. Oh yeah. Believe me, there's a lot. Uh, if, if we were to list every single horrible movie that Netflix has at the moment, we'd be here all night. Yeah. And, um, I do want to say that like. Obviously, I I have a Netflix account and I watch like the shows and movies on rotation. But I always want, uh, I always want them to have more of like, I get not necessarily obscure, but like things that people don't necessarily know they want to watch. But it's like it's interesting, you know, like. Uh-huh. Maybe like broadcast more uh, films made in other countries. Like, like if you, because like, there's already a good selection of British television on Netflix. But what about like British mm-hmm. film? Right. Because like comparatively, there's not as much like British film from recent times on Netflix. Exactly. Like, what about productions from like Sweden or productions from France? And I guess they'll eventually have Canadian programming because, like, you know, it's it's a change of pace from like the basically all the all the shit that's on Netflix right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll see that in the future. We never you never know if Netflix continues to get um, a bajillion loads, bajillion loads more money, then we'll <laughs> see uh, more content from all over the world. Yeah, um, it it is uh, interesting when you log into Netflix in different countries and see what shows are on there. Because um, I was talking about the Star Trek. Uh, new star trek tv show and outside of the states the star trek discovery is on netflix uh-huh. and yeah um also i don't know why like uh in netflix in southeast asia has a lot of like mexican content <laughs> okay yeah like and not just mexico but also like um from central america and south america like I, I saw like Brazilian movies on there and like um, Argentine soap soap operas and I was like, wow, okay, yeah, I guess I'll watch this. <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? Why not? Yeah, you know what? Uh, what Netflix could also do is distribute uh, Bollywood. Yes. Oh my God, they should. They should. Can you imagine like exposing like Americans and like other countries to Bollywood? It was just it would just be the best. It would be the best. I could see several of my friends subscribing to the work of Amitabh Bachchan right away. Yeah, or Shah Rukh Khan. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, uh, Salman Khan got in got under fire recently for poaching in. India. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> For poaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, I guess being a being a god in Indian cinema does not preclude you from being punished for doing bad things. Right. Well, that's one thing they have over Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Any more final thoughts? Um, Just to be careful, Netflix. Just be very, very careful because if you continue to oversaturate the market like this, plus the ever-increasing cost of a subscription, 
you're going to find more and more people turning away. Yeah, um, I'm going to be closing with some words from <laughs> Russian Minister of Culture Vladimir Medinsky, who asserts that Netflix is part of a U.S. government plot to influence the world culture, to enter every home, to get into every television, and through the television into the head of every person on the earth. <laughs> so there you go. There you have it, folks. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks for listening to another episode of Questions Like This. Uh, my name is Aristo. And I'm Alex. And uh, unfortunately, I think I'm going to have to stop doing uh, the closing songs because uh, obviously we got DMCA'd on one of our episodes. And it's too much of a hassle for me to put that shit back up. So I'm just going to stop doing it. Yeah. <laughs> too lazy. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, see you next time. Take care, everyone.